He has three quarterback sacks in his first two preseason games. And that means exactly what for rookie defensive end Derek Barnett? This is one of the questions we explore in the Eagles Live podcast as the Eagles prepare for Thursday's preseason game against the Miami Dolphins. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro, and this is historically the most critical week of the preseason. Generally, the starters play longer in the third preseason game than in any of the other three, and that is expected to be the case for Thursday against the Dolphins. For a player like running back Wendell Smallwood, the game is an important one since he missed the first two preseason games with a hamstring injury. He knows he needs to show up and help get this running game going and get it into gear. For other veterans, Thursday is the final chance to tune up for the regular season opener against Washington on September 10. The Eagles won't have middle linebacker Jordan Hicks out with a quad injury or defensive end Brandon Graham out with an elbow injury. They are both expected to be fine for the regular season opener against the Redskins. From an offensive standpoint, the Eagles want to find their rhythm after two uneven performances. How is the offensive perspective from the coaching booth? For that question and an answer, we go to offensive coordinator Frank Reich for an overview. Frank, preseason game number three, is it really the most critical of all? It's the next step. And anytime it's the next step, it's the most critical, whatever that is. So without that, we want to go out. The ones are going to play longer. We want to look sharp and be a good tune-up for the regular season. What are the good things that you've seen from this offense through not only the preseason games, but the spring practices and then all of training camp? We've seen the development of Carson just continue to grow. He looks really good, looks strong, just in complete command out there. And then I feel like the gelling with the new pieces that we've had, I feel like we got good guys, we got good players. We're in a better position than we were last year, so we just want to keep building on that. You feel the chemistry is there with all the new players integrated into the offense? I do. I mean, you want to get as many reps as you can, but it's been all OTAs, all training camp. There's been a lot of reps, a lot of unseen reps. These guys working on their own. They're talking in the locker room, so yes. Why is it difficult for a quarterback in his second year, Frank? What is the adjustment that needs to be made from year one to year two? I just think it's still understanding it's just incremental growth. Just because it's year two, don't think that you can make too big of a jump. Just keep playing your game. Even though you have complete command of the offense, just play the game. The progressions, the reads, make the throws, do the little things right, and just stay disciplined and focused. Wendell will see his first action in the preseason at running back. How big is Thursday night for him? big in the sense of he's been out you just want him to feel good you want him to feel good physically you want him to feel good emotionally get a few good carries in there let's see his juice that we all know that he has I think that's what we're looking for you know that you've been meeting the media you get all these questions about the run game how do the coaches feel about the run game we feel great about the run game we have an excellent offensive line we feel good about the runners I think we can throw it I think we'll keep people off balance and that's what we want to do we want to be able to dictate the tempo in the run game and the pass game. We want to run it when we want to run it and then throw it when we want to throw it. So every week we approach it with a slightly different nuance in how we're trying to attack them in the run game. And I think we did that well last year. I think we'll be even better this year. Frank, Miami, their defense, you've seen them the last couple of days here. What will they bring to the table on Thursday? What are the challenges there? They got a really good front. I mean, they're a good defense, but up front they're really good. Sue, obviously, everybody knows about him. Cameron Wake is an amazing player. I've played against him before where he's a game. Like I can single-handedly wreck a game. He's got a great edge pass rush. So it's a good challenge for our guys up front. Thanks, Frank. Okay, Dave. We're going to explore the progress made by Barnett, the team's first-round draft pick, in just a bit. But before that, let's dig into special teams led by coordinator Dave Phipp and once again expected to be among the very best in the NFL. It's been a bit of a rough go in the first two preseason games, but Phipp says don't worry about this group. He's feeling very good about the prospects on special teams. We go one-on-one with special teams coordinator Dave Phipp. 
Dave, for fans who don't quite know the process, you get two weeks left here in preseason, and then you got another week cut to all that. When do you really get it all together on special teams, just in terms of the personnel that you work with? Really, till the last minute? Yeah, I would say it is till the last minute. Each preseason game goes by, you start to get a closer idea, I think, of kind of how the roster is going to shake out. For myself personally, you try to make some projections on what you think are going to happen. Fortunately for us, with Howie and Joe Douglas and Coach Peterson, we have great communication in the building there, which really helps me out significantly. I know there's stories of some special teams coaches out there who have no clue of how the thing's going to go down and are in total shock at the end of the day. For us, we've been fortunate that way, and I've been super fortunate that we have a lot of communication, and I get a good indication of who's going to be out there. So at least at some point, those guys have taken some reps of where they're going to play on game day. So based on those projections, how do you feel about your group at this point? I'm really excited about it. I think we got a long way to go. We got a lot of work to do. We're not playing to the level that we want to play at quite yet, but overall I feel great about the group. A lot of young players that are developing and showing progress throughout the course of these two preseason games, so I'm definitely excited about it. There is a lot to talk about with this defense, suddenly fortified by the addition of cornerback Ronald Darby. Darby helps in so many ways, so we'll continue to see what kind of impact he has on the defense. Another player has emerged in the preseason, and it is a surprise in a different kind of way. Linebacker Michael Kendricks saw his snap count diminish to 27% last season, leading to questions about his role on the team. Well, Kendricks has been a standout in the preseason with two interceptions, a quarterback sack, good play in pass coverage, and solid effort against the the run. Linebackers coach Ken Flagel discusses the progress made by Michael Kendricks. Well, he's gotten better, and certainly we kind of had a coming out the other night against Buffalo. Was happy to see him get rewarded for all the hard work he's put in, and certainly his ability to rush and pressure the quarterback, I think, is unique. He's got a nice blend when he bring him off the edge of speed. If you hear defensive line coaches talk, he can turn speed into power. He can get a tackle on a quick retreat to respect his speed, and then now he can stick that inside arm on him and walk him back a little bit. He's got a nice feel for that. And then you saw him on the running back. We brought him one time on a pressure, and running back had him on protection. He's quick enough that he can make you miss. So I was happy to see him come alive a little bit there and have that production. Now let's talk about Barnett, who has been in the fast lane in two preseason games with the three quarterback sacks, high-level effort, and great tenacity. How good can he be? What is the ceiling for a player who broke Reggie White's quarterback sack record at Tennessee? Let's hear it from defensive line coach Chris Wilson, who talks up his prized rookie. He's like most rookies, definitely taking steps forward. But again, he's got a bit to go, obviously, at this level. One thing that I have been pleased with is how coachable he is and how smart he is. He has really good football instincts. He's a good learner. He understands concepts, and that's been a benefit. He's a guy who's been able to go on the field, and then he's able to come back and receive good coaching, and he'll take and he'll apply it. So that's been a positive. He enjoys football. He plays with great effort. That's one of the things at this level I hope he never loses. And so he definitely enjoys the sport. He plays wide open all the time, and so that's been exciting for him. In regards to his complimentary move, I think he's done a great job of being able to rush with a little bit more power. That was the thing that we wanted to focus on during this offseason as well as this camp. And he's done a good job of being stronger with that inside hand, and I think it complements his speed rush and his ability to bend on the edge quite a bit. I'm linebacker Jordan Hicks of the Philadelphia Eagles. And it's intercepted! It's picked off by Hicks! And you're listening to the Eagles Live Podcast with Dave Spadaro. Well, that guy is talented, Jordan Hicks. 
Time now to go off the field first to explore the Eagles and the moves they've made since training camp began. Early to mid-August is usually a quiet time on the trade front in the NFL, but that has not been the case with the Eagles' front office. The team dealt offensive lineman Alan Barber to Denver for a conditional seventh-round draft pick next year, and Matt Tobin, along with a seventh-round draft pick to Seattle for a fifth-round draft pick in 2018. And then there was the big trade that sent a third-round draft pick and wide receiver Jordan Matthews to Buffalo for cornerback Ronald Darby. We go inside those deals with Howie Roseman, the wheeler and dealer for the Eagles. It's interesting at a time really when there aren't many trades made in the NFL, you've made three of them. Let's talk about what they mean now and then in the future. I saw a Peter King item in MMQB about the cornerback situation. And when you look at the Eagles in the big picture here, next year, Sidney Jones and Darby, two controllable contracts, two young cornerbacks, really good setup at the position. Did that go into your thinking there? For sure. And you got to add Jalen Mills, 23 years old. You got to add Rasul Douglas, 23 years old, uh, that we have there. And you know, other young guys on this team. And our task this offseason was to try to get better at certain positions and also try to build this around a 24-year-old quarterback. So when we're looking at the opportunity to get Darby and give up a lot, no question about it, and Jordan Matthews in a third-round pick, you know, here's a position that's uh, hard to find. And you're probably not able to do this if you don't feel good about your pass rush, if you don't feel good about other parts on your football team that um, we think we need to build to kind of build the team we're trying to build here. But, you know, we know we're a work in progress and we're just trying to get better and do things that we think not only will help the team this year, but also can help the team going forward. And then you move two pieces of the offensive line. You knew going in that you felt a lot of depth and you were able to move two of those pieces, those assets for draft picks part of the plan again? Well, again, I think it all depends on the players at those positions. And for us, you have to be comfortable with some of your younger offensive linemen. I mean, both those guys have played a lot of football for the Philadelphia Eagles and played winning football. So they're not easy trades to make. And we just had to balance it all over kind of the amount of time they had on their contracts, both in one-year deals and possibly losing some young players, not only on the offensive line, but at other positions and being able to get a resource back. And that was really the thinking that went into those trades. Do you still feel good about the depth along the offensive line? Uh, Can we talk about this on next Friday after we play all the preseason games and we go into the season because, uh, you know, we just had a hard practice. Great job by our team and the Dolphins coming out here and practicing really hard. And we got a game on Thursday and then we got another week of practice in another game. So, you know, I think this time of year, you just want to make sure you're able to evaluate guys, but also guys are healthy. When you look at next year's draft lineup for you, what do you see? Obviously, no two and three, but a lot of picks after that. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, um, day one, all good. Day three, really excited about it. Obviously, you look at day two and you're kind of like, wish we had some picks. And, you know, our perspective for that is that two went for Carson Wentz and our three went for Ronald Darby. And obviously, that's a simplified way to look at it. There was more involved in it, but we still have an opportunity to get a three back for one of those trades. And hopefully that happens and then, you know, we'll feel a little bit more complete. Thanks, Howie. Thanks, Dave. Finally, it's time to get a national perspective from one of the best in the business, the MMQB.com's Peter King, who visited training camp this week. Do the Eagles have a chance to win the NFC East this season? Let's find out in our press pass with Peter King. Peter, here we go. Year two of Carson Wentz, year two of Doug Peterson. NFC East, no repeat winner since 2004. I think the Eagles have a shot, right? I mean, of course, I'm midnight green glasses here. What do you think? Every team in the NFC East 
has what I would call a significant weakness. You look at the Cowboys right now, they're either going to miss Ezekiel Elliott for six games or they're going to have it hanging over their head the whole year. And who's going to rush the passer for them? So, I mean, those are two pretty big questions if I'm looking at the Cowboys. If you watch the Giants, it's amazing to me all the time. Like, this year, there were two teams that spent the entire offseason telling the world our offensive line is not that bad. Well, I don't know. I watched the Giants against Cleveland, and their offensive line is bad. And now, you could say, well, it's a second preseason game. And it is a second preseason game, but I'd like to know if Eric Flowers is ever going to be good or ever going to justify being the ninth pick in the draft. So that's the Giants' biggest issue. And obviously, the Giants have a really, really good defense. But the question is, can you win 10 games 10 to 6? And, you know, you know, Washington, to me, you know, Washington is so new at the skill positions, you know, with the exception like of Jamison Crowder, really. They're so new there, and I'm not sure where their defensive pressure is going to come from. And then you look at the Eagles, you know. I mean, I think probably if you're looking at the Eagles, the one thing about the Eagles, about the weird recent history they've had in coaches is if Chip Kelly was never here, would LaShawn McCoy be here right now? And he probably would. And so that's sort of a bummer if you're an Eagles fan. And, you know, so I don't know who's going to run the ball for them. I mean, look, I'm out here and I'm seeing Donnell Pumphrey for the first time. And if possible, he's smaller than I thought. (laughs) So I don't know what the running game is going to be like. And look, I totally was in favor of the Jordan Matthews trade, okay? But having said that, that's still a loss to not have Jordan Matthews. Missed only two games in three years, and so you have some questions. And then, you know, obviously Carson Wentz has to play better than he played the last half of last season. So what do you think you know about this team? Just that if I had to pick a very young quarterback right now, I'd be ecstatic if my quarterback was Carson Wentz because I think, look, I said this last year a bunch of times, because really you don't know what you have in Carson Wentz. You just don't because he hasn't done it yet. But give me a guy who's not overwhelmed, who's from North Dakota, he's not overwhelmed by the city of Philadelphia or its eagle crazy fans. I mean, that's impressive to me. And I saw enough good things last year, like especially around the time of early on when he hit the ground running and coming out and beating Pittsburgh the way he beat him. That is about as impressive a game as I've seen a young quarterback play in a long time in terms of poise and everything. I just think anybody who's got Carson Wentz for the long term is pretty fortunate right now. I liked what you said on Monday in your column about the way how he's rebuilt the cornerback position and as you kind of project with this team. And so to me, it's kind of like you look at the Eagles, I mean, I do, both this year and in the future. How do you look at the Eagles in that? Do you look at teams in in one-year windows, Peter, generally? It's kind of hard to do that with this team when there's a young quarterback and there's so much building around him. I look at this team and I say, I think this team one year from now, I'm going to like a lot more than I like today. And I agree with you, Dave. I think they have a chance. I think they get a chance to win this division. But one year from now, most likely, you're going to have Ronald Darby and Sidney Jones as 
corners at age 24 and 22, and you're going to have Darby, as of now anyways, salary controllable for two years. Jones is salary controllable for four, and you might get something out of him this year. I don't know. And then once another year under his belt, you assume that that's going to be a very good thing. So, I mean, I do think they'll be better a year from now, but again, this division is up for grabs. And isn't that an amazing stat about this division? It's amazing that nobody is able to patriot this division. I mean, whereas I think I'm right in saying the Patriots have won 14 of 16. You know, nobody can do that. And that's not the only division in the league that's like that. The South is like that, too, pretty much. But it would be hard for me to imagine right now, you know, the Eagles going far this season. But it's not hard for me to imagine that they would win the division because the two teams that we all perceive to be at the top both have some weaknesses. Last one for you, Peter. Give me three of your biggest question marks about the team. You mentioned the run game. Is that at the top of the list? I think the run game would be number one. Number two would be the consistency of protection for Wentz because, you know, you like Lane Johnson and you like the offensive line, but it doesn't mean it's without questions. And then I think my only other thing, I like the front seven. I sort of like the secondary. I like it better now with Darby, but I would say probably the secondary and sort of the rebuilding job that this secondary, you know, is going to have to do under Jim Schwartz. And he's going to be rebuilding it on the fly. Because if I'm Jim Schwartz, I'm probably walking into the trainer's room every day and saying, hey, how's Sydney looking? I mean, what's your projection? And, you know, to me, if I'm the Eagles, if I find out that Sidney Jones gives me the last seven games of the year at at least a nickel type, you know, level of play, I would take that. I would take that. But I think I'd really like to see Sidney Jones on the field for at least part of this year. And I think that would help them solve a pretty big issue with them. Peter, thanks so much. Great seeing you. All right, Dave. Thank you. That will do it for this episode of the Eagles Live Podcast. We're back on Thursday night with our instant reaction podcast after the Eagles play Miami in preseason game number three. Thanks to Brian Thomas and Richard Chu for their work on the podcast. And thanks, of course, to all of you for tuning in. It's a big game preseason style. We'll see how the Eagles respond in week three of the preseason. Have yourselves a great Eagles day, everyone. Fly, Eagles, fly. E-A-T!